Okay, y'all keep standing for just a minute. If we do have any children in here, you can be dismissed. But y'all keep standing for a minute. And I want you to say this with me. I will receive, I will receive from the Word of God tonight. I am alert. I am receptive to the things of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for impartation from your Word and from your Spirit tonight. Amen? Well, I know you believe that, so go ahead and, and take your seat. I'm excited to be here preaching the Word of God. Been out of the pulpit here anyway. Been preaching a lot up in another state, but out of the pulpit here. And so we're going to... How come everybody's over here? Well, okay. All right. All these seats are full in the name of Jesus. So I'll come over and preach to Ingrid. (laughs) Anyhow. So we are glad that you all are here to hear the Word of God. A couple of weeks ago on a Sunday night started talking about our Heavenly Helper. And I know sometimes when I, I say I'm going to be preaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, benefits of speaking in other tongues, people sometimes are like, oh, brother, here we go again. But you know what? It should never be an old brother. The things of God are good. And it is good for us to remind ourselves of how important it is to speak in other tongues. I was thinking about it as we were driving in tonight. I, I don't have enough fingers to count all the years, but it, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost in August. It'll be 48 years. 48 years. That seems like a long time. Ah, but anyhow, and you know, I never get tired of praying in the Spirit. I don't have this attitude. Well, I spoke in tongues 48 years ago. So, you know, people used to say, I thought him, I got it. I got it. So now, you know, I'm filled and that's it. No, we need to continuously be drinking in of the things of the Spirit. And I know for many of you, you're already filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's awesome. And so if that's true tonight, I believe that the word of the Lord, you're going to be stirred up. And you're going to be in your heart encouraged to speak in tongues more. The Apostle Paul said this in the book of Corinthians. He said, I speak in tongues more than ye all. I like it because he was a southerner. More than y'all, he said. I speak in tongues. And if he saw the value in speaking in tongues, and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, did many signs, wonders, and miracles through the grace of God on his life, then that should, on the inside of us, we should say, okay, this is something I need to give heed to. I need to pay attention to. It's valuable. It's precious. As a matter of fact, Jesus saw the significance in it. Then in the book of John, before he left this earth, that's one of the last things that he told his disciples, is that I'm going to send you another one. I'm going to send you a heavenly helper who's going to be with you. And And then he further went on to say, it's so important that you be filled with the Holy Spirit that I want you to go to Jerusalem and tarry until you be endued with power from on high. The early church could not have done what they did, could not have been birthed in the power that they were without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, if the early church needed this experience to the degree that Jesus said, 
said, go and wait until you are filled. If they needed this experience, how much more us right now at the end of this age? We are the latter church. We're living in the last days. I'm not a doom gloom preacher, but it is perilous times for the world, for people that don't know the Lord. There's all sorts of horrible things out there. There's terrorists, there's attacks here and this and all of that junk that we're not going to get into and glorify the devil. But when we know the Lord and when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we can be led by the Spirit. We can be in the right place at the right time. When we stay in tune with Him, He's going to keep us out of danger. He's going to connect us with the right people. We're going to get the right jobs. We're going to live in the right place. We're going to have godly relationships. It's all so important that we be filled in this last day and that we walk in victory. Amen? So how many of you agree with that, that we need to be endued with power from on high in this day and in this hour? So a couple of weeks ago when we began, we were talking about the benefits of praying in the Holy Spirit. Let me just uh, tell you real briefly here the three that we covered then, and then we'll go on tonight. We talked about that being filled with the Holy Spirit, number one, it helps bring our tongue under subjection. Now, I know there's nobody in here tonight that's ever said the wrong thing or it needs any help with that, right? But in case you know somebody that does, that's one of the great benefits. And then number two, it helps to keep our spirit man strong. We want to be strong in this day and hour so that we can run our race and finish our course. Amen? Then number three, a benefit, is spiritual edification. And that's, uh, we're going to tie in right there tonight. We're going to talk about the fourth benefit. These aren't really, they're not in order of importance. I like to mix them up when I teach on it. This is how I felt to share them this time around. So number four we're talking about tonight is a means of magnifying God. We were talking about the, when they were originally filled on the day of Pentecost. And in the book of Acts, it gives us that account. And then further over in the book of Acts, it starts talking about a man by the name of Cornelius. Now, Cornelius was not a Jew. He was a Gentile. And he got hungry for the things of God. And he was seeking God. He was praying. And God said, I'm going to send someone to help you. God told him to go to the city of Joppa, take a servant, send one of his servants, Serpents, servants to the city of Joppa. And he said, there's a man that's praying there. Tell him to come to your house and you and your household will be saved and receive the Holy Spirit. At the very same time, Peter was praying. And this is the account where Peter was up on the rooftop and he's praying. And he has this vision and he sees this sheet full of unclean animals. And the Spirit of the Lord says to him, Rise and eat. And he said, Oh no, Lord, they're unclean. I can't eat that. And the Lord said to him, Don't call unclean what I have cleansed. While he's pondering the vision, these men from Cornelius' house arrive. And Peter immediately went with them. It shocked the Jews that Peter would go 
with a Gentile, probably shocked the Gentiles that Peter would come to their house. But let's pick up this account in Acts chapter 10, and we'll begin by looking at verse 44. Acts chapter 10, verse 44 through 46 in the New King James. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. That's a good thing. Every preacher likes that. If you're preaching the word of God, you like it. When the Spirit of God falls on the congregation. I'm believing that. How many of you are going to receive tonight? The Spirit of God fall in this place. Do for us what we can't do for ourselves. The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. The Jews that came with Peter, they couldn't believe that this same spirit they'd been filled with was falling on these uncircumcised uh, Gentiles. And those of the circumcision, they couldn't believe. They were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. There's only one Holy Spirit. And they knew immediately when the Holy Spirit fell on them and they began to speak in tongues. Ah, it's the same Spirit. That lives in us. It's the same Spirit that filled us. Don't you just love God? I love God. And I love the way that He works. He takes down racial barriers. He takes down discrimination. He takes down preconceived ideas in people's minds that that try to separate people. But when the Holy Ghost falls, there's no separation. There's a unity that comes. Many of you probably heard of, of Reverend uh, R.W. Shambaugh. He's been in heaven for many years. But years ago, he was preaching in the South, and, and there was some racial tension that was going on. And, and they told him he, could, he couldn't have, you know, a segregated meeting, that the blacks had to be on one side and the whites on the other, and he had to put a rope between them. And he, it bothered him. But the Spirit of God said, It's okay, brother. Shambaugh, you go ahead, have the meeting, do what they said. And during the meeting, he said, The saints got so happy. They danced the ropes down and they started getting over on each other's side. That's God, you know. He doesn't want any ropes. He doesn't want any barriers between people. Amen. This was awesome what happened here. These Jews who thought they were all that, they thought they were the only ones that were going to receive the gospel. All of a sudden, the same Holy Ghost fell on Gentiles. Awesome. And I think it's pretty amazing over in in Acts chapter 2, if you'll remember, when they got filled at the 120 in the upper room, that Peter was the one that prophesied over in Acts 2, 16 and 17. We'll just refer to those two verses. But we know he got filled, 120 got filled. He goes out into the streets. He's the one that's preaching. He went from a denier to a prophesier overnight. Hallelujah. He's preaching the gospel. 
And part of his message, the Holy Ghost came on him. And he began to quote the prophet Joel. And this is what he said. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. He had just prophesied that not long before. And all of a sudden, he's seeing it manifest. He's seeing the Spirit of God manifest at Cornelius' household. This was the beginning of the fulfillment of that prophecy of the Spirit of God being poured out on all flesh. Look at your neighbor and ask him if they have flesh. say no, you're in trouble because you're sitting next to a spirit. We're all spirit beings, but our, our spirits are clothed in our flesh, right? Did everybody confirm that their neighbor had flesh? All right. Well, then that means now look at your neighbor and say, you got flesh? If you don't have a neighbor, pretend neighbor. <coughs> You got flesh, neighbor? Yeah. Well, if you got flesh, then that means God wants to pour out His Spirit on you. Every one of us in here qualify because we all got flesh. That's the only qualification. We be born again, then we have flesh. And He said, I'm going to pour out my Spirit upon you. And I love the phrases there, in the last days. Guess what, folks? We're living in the last days. This was in the beginning of the church. We're at the end of the church. So He said, in the last days, I'm going to pour. I'm going to pour. I'm going to pour. I'm going to pour. And I'm going to pour some more. I'm going to pour out my Spirit on all flesh. We're not going to get drier and drier. The church isn't going to get deader and deader. The church, the gifts of the Spirit are not going to disappear from the church. Speaking in tongues is not going to just not be happening. No. In the last days, he said, I'm going to pour. I'm going to pour. And I'm going to pour. And I'm going to pour some more. Wherever there's hungry hearts, he said, I will give you a downpour of my spirit. That's what we're believing for. We are expecting a downpour, a deluge of the Holy Ghost, the rains of the spirit to be poured out in this place, in our state, in our nation. Folks, I know this to be a fact. The leadership of this church and many of you that are a core part of this church, we're contenders. I got any contenders in here? We are contenders for the power of God. We are contenders for revival. I've had revival in my bones from the time I was a little girl. And it's not getting any less and less. I feel like the prophet that said, it's like fire. Shut up in my bones. And I could not keep it to myself. Hallelujah. It's the time. It's the day. It's the hour. 
for the greatest outpouring of God's power. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what some people's faces look like. God said in the last days, I'm going to pour and I'm going to pour and I'm going to pour and I'm going to pour some more on all flesh. You know, when a downpour happens in the natural, we have sometimes a little sprinkling of rain out here. Every once in a while a downpour. But I've been in some torrential rainstorms in Oklahoma. Maybe outside playing and all of a sudden, and when the clouds, it's like the heavens open up and there is a downpour. Every shred of you gets wet from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Soaked. With rain. And I believe that that's what's about to happen. Everybody and everything is going to get drenched in the presence and in the power of God. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. Oh, Lord, let the rain fall. We ask you for the rain in the time of the latter rain. It's time for the rain. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And I know this is new to some of you. I know some of you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's okay. You just keep coming. You haven't jumped in the river yet. But you keep coming. And you keep sitting on that river bank. And pretty soon it's going to get so slick and you're going to get so hungry, you're going to slide on in to the river with the rest of us. Keep coming. Keep feasting. Keep expecting. Hallelujah. If you ain't jumped in the river yet, don't fret. <laughs> Just keep coming because pretty soon you're going to get wet in the downpour, in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Well, that was all extra, but it was good nonetheless. We were talking about they magnified God. In Acts chapter 10, verse 46, we just read it. When the Holy Spirit fell on them, what did they do. It says they heard them speak with tongues and do what? And do what? Magnify God. The Holy Spirit never leads us to magnify the problem. The Holy Spirit never inspires doubt and unbelief prayers. The Holy Spirit never leads us to talk more and more and more about the problem. Getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking in a brand new tongue. In a heavenly language. Gives you another level to pray on. Where you're praying out of your heart. You're not praying out of your head. And when you're speaking in that heavenly language. That heavenly language will always magnify God. It will always glorify God. It will always speak the answer. Hallelujah. Is that what you want to do? Magnify God? Now listen to what the word magnify means. Very simple. You all know this. To make something bigger. A magnifying glass, that's what it does. 
It makes something bigger. The object hasn't changed in size, but when you magnify it, it looks bigger to you. Our kids were just here, and uh, Libby, she's been kind of fascinated with all the little bugs that have been in their backyard. So I thought, oh, this will be so cool. Because when I was a kid, I, know, I told you, I've done gross things. I tell you, I did. But one of the things that I did, anybody ever heard of 4-H? So I was in 4-H club. And I belonged to this group that we collected insect, insects. So I had nets. I had jars of formaldehyde that you killed them in. I had great big pins. I had this case that my dad built with a glass on it. You stick the pin through them and you display them. I got blue ribbons. I just loved catching bugs. I thought it was the coolest thing. <laughs> so I thought, now Libby, she must have a little bit of that in her. She's just been fascinated with bugs lately. So I found this little bug catching kit. Teeny little net, little tweezers to pick them up with, a jar that the lid had a magnifying glass on. So she says, Grammy, we have to go on our bug walk. So we kept looking in our backyard, weren't seeing much. So one day on Wednesday, we went over to Coyote Hills. Now, if this is illegal, don't report me. But (laughs) there were butterflies flying around. So she's chasing them with her little net. Lindy's chasing them with their little net. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not the way to catch them, guys. You can't catch them when they're flying. So we waited for this great big one landed on this flower. I took the net, swooped it over it, and then I put my hand under it. And they're all, oh, Grammy! It's a butterfly! Got it in there, put it in the jar. She looks at it through the magnifying glass. Grammy, look how big it is. The butterfly didn't change in size, but because the lid on the jar had a magnifying glass, it got big. It got huge, and the jar was kind of little, and the butterfly was big, so we couldn't keep him in there very long because he broke on it. (laughs) I know. I prayed for it. It flew away kind of like this. But anyhow, (laughs) the butterfly didn't get any bigger when we put it in the jar. But the magnifying glass made it look bigger. And her eyes got bigger when she looked at Grammy. She was like, awesome. (laughs) Grammy can catch bugs. And the next day we went into San Francisco and these pigeons are flying everywhere and she's chasing them and she's trying to catch one. She turns around and she says, Grammy, I bet you can catch a pigeon because you're so good at catching bugs. Like, well, they're a little too fast. I don't have my little net. But nonetheless, the magnifying glass made the butterfly bigger. And by actions, made me bigger in her eyes. Grammy got magnified. I didn't get bigger. The butterfly didn't. But it got magnified because of the things she looked through. Got a question for you. Is God going to get any bigger than he already is? He's big. He's not going to change. He doesn't change. He doesn't get any bigger than he already is. But he can get bigger in our eyes. He can be magnified in our lives. If we'll pray in the Holy Ghost, he gets bigger and bigger. If we'll look at him in the Word of God and the description of him, he gets bigger And he gets bigger.
When we pray in the Spirit, it helps to our spirit to just expand and our capacity to receive the vastness of our God. Get bigger. Praying in the Holy Spirit is a spiritual exercise. And it causes the, the boundaries in your heart just to get bigger. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, God, you're bigger. You're bigger than this little itty-bitty problem. Woo, God, you're awesome. There's no end to your love, God. There's no end to your greatness. Praying in the Holy Spirit magnifies God. It helps us to look at Him for who He really is. To hear some Christians talk, they talk about, oh, the devil, he did this. The devil did that. The devil, the devil. Like he's huge. Oh, yeah. But God, yeah, God's great. No, we don't have a great big huge devil and a little itty bitty God. Let's magnify God and minimize the devil. There's a movie that was popular when our kids were little. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Anybody ever see that show? It's funny. You know what? When you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, we can come out with a movie. Ha, ha, ha. Honey, I shrunk the devil. Shrunk him back down to size. Our God is greater. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Hallelujah. Let's magnify Him here. Woo! We magnify you, God. You are awesome. You are great. You are high and lifted up. There is none like you. There's no God like our God. Let God be praised. Let God be magnified in our lives. Let God arise and His enemies be scattered. That's what happens when you magnify Him. Magnify Him in your known language, but you can also magnify Him in the Spirit, in your heavenly language. I know sometimes when I'm worshiping Him, and that's why during our worship service we give place to singing in the Spirit because we have beautiful songs here. We have anointed worship here. I thank God for Pastor Tom and the worship team. They do an amazing job. But there's only so much you can say in English, and after a while your heart's just full and you just got to end up saying tongues. Let God be magnified. Now, another benefit of speaking in other tongues. We won't go that long on all the rest of them, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, woo, hallelujah. I love to talk about speaking in other tongues. It's awesome. Another one, verse, uh, the fifth one, a supernatural means of talking to God. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men... But to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. few things we want to point out here. When we speak in other tongues, we're not speaking to men. Sometimes when people get filled with the Holy Spirit, the devil will be right there or maybe a relative and say, well, that's gibberish. You're not making any sense. I don't understand what you're saying. And our response in love, like Pastor talked this morning, our response in love, unless it's the devil, we don't have to be nice to him, 
But if it's a person, it's, you know what? I'm not talking to you. He that speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to God. So it doesn't matter what you think it sounds like. It's a supernatural means of communicating with my father. Man doesn't understand it. And neither does the devil. Hallelujah. That's a good news, right? I think that's one of the reasons that he's fought speaking in tongues so hard. Because the devil is a busybody. And the devil is real nosy. He wants to hear everything you're saying. He likes to gossip. He likes to spread rumors. He likes to hear what you're talking about to God. And ha, ha, ha. He can't. When you're praying in your heavenly language, it's like a secret Morse code between us and God. It's our hot line to heaven. Amen? And then look how it says here. He speaks. No one understands it. However, he speaks mysteries. In Moffat's translation, it says that word mysteries is divine secrets. I love that. Divine secrets. That same passage of scripture in the Amplified, 1 Corinthians 14, 2 in the Amplified says this. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands or catches his meaning. Because in the spirit he utters secret truths. And hidden things, not obvious to the understanding. I really like that. Secret truths. Things that sometimes when you're praying in the Spirit over a situation, and you might think in your mind, you know what needs to happen. We all like to fix things. We all like to fix people. We might be praying over a rebellious child and we're praying in tongues, but the whole time we're thinking, I could fix this. If they just listen to me, I could tell them what to do. You know, if, if, they just, if they just do this and do that. No, your heart knows things your head doesn't. Secret things way down in here. And many times when we're praying in the spirit, we are praying out our future. Future. We're praying out divine connections. We're praying out people to come into our lives that God has orchestrated. We're praying favor to show up here and to show up there. And you know, if we get out in our head, it's not a head thing. That's why he said it's way down here. It's a secret in our hearts. But the Holy Spirit will help us pray those things out. Secret things. Hidden things. They're not hidden from us they're hidden for us Amen. they're right here in our hearts they're hidden from the devil so he can't mess it up but they're hidden for us and when we pray in the spirit it causes things to be orchestrated and causes things to line up that need to happen then don't you like that phrase it says not obvious to the understanding That's why the Bible tells us, lean not 
to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Praying in the Holy Spirit will keep us on that path for our life. Because as we're praying, we're giving him utterance. We're giving him permission to direct direct our steps. We're not living out of our head. We're not praying out of our head. Where are we praying from? Out of our heart. Amen? It's not a learned language. Tongues is supernatural. Hallelujah. It's a way of drawing those things up. And then then as we pray in the Spirit, many times as you're praying in the Spirit, sometimes, you know, we pray in the Spirit and we just jump up. Okay, I prayed in the Spirit. But I encourage you to pray in the Spirit and then wait in His presence. Because some of those things that you have prayed about and you've drawn up, those hidden things, those secret things, there are things that He wants to be fruitful to your mind. To give you the answer and to give you the direction. So praying in the Spirit is not just shotgun prayer all the time. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) No, it's praying, but then it's waiting. Because there's things that you've been praying about. Not everything will He show you, but there's things that you've been praying about that He wants to be fruitful to your mind. And you might find in a time of prayer, not only have you been praying in the Spirit, but then you'll start saying maybe some words in English. You need to probably pay attention to that. Maybe write those down. He's given you some insight. He's given you some direction that He wants to lead you in. Amen? Praying in the Spirit, it's not only a means to speak to God supernaturally, but it puts us in position to hear things that otherwise we would miss. Because we get busy in our lives. Our lives are full. Often our, our minds are just cluttered with thoughts of the day and to-do lists and all of this stuff. But praying in the Spirit will calm you down to where your mind, you're not living out of your mind. You're hearing what's really in your heart. It keeps us keen spiritually. Years ago, the Lord told this young businessman, he was just starting out, and he said, if you will spend time every day, you go in your closet and spend time every day praying in the Spirit, then being led on how to invest. He was one of these guys that bought property and all of this stuff. He said, I will make you rich. Well, I can just say this. The man did and God did. He did what God told him to do and he became very successful and very rich. And oftentimes he said investments would come up that his mind would say, ooh, that looks really good, that looks really good. You ought to get in on that, you ought to do that, you ought to get in on that. So when I, I, can't, I can't commit right now, he'd go pray in the spirit and on the inside he'd hear, don't do it. His friends, people would say, oh, you're crazy, this is an awesome opportunity. But he didn't have it in here, he didn't invest. And then other times the thing would come up and it would look like this is not a wise thing to do. This is not a good investment. But he'd have it on the inside. Do it. And God made him rich simply through praying in the Spirit and being led 
in his investments. How many, how many of you could stand some of that? God wants to lead us. He cares about every single area of our life. It's not that we're seeking money, but God wants to bless his people. He's got divine connections for us. He has glorious opportunities. Some of you, he's got a better job for you. He's got a great position for you. But you may miss it if you're not king spiritually. An opportunity may come your way and you're just like, yeah, I'm not interested. And the Holy Spirit is saying, yes, get interested. It's a divine appointment. It's a blessing from heaven. So I want to encourage you, spend time praying in the Spirit. Would to God we'd spend more time talking to Him than we do to other people. What should I do? Where should I go? It's great to get godly counsel. I'm not putting that down. But the final thing has to be what do you have in your heart? Have you heard from God? Sometimes when we're trying to make a decision or do this or do that, it seems, oh, it'd be so much easier. I'll just call up pastor and ask him what I should do. Pastor loves you. We love you. We'll give you godly counsel. But you got to know that you know that you know in your knower. And you won't know that you know that you know unless you talk to God. Unless you pray in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everybody understand that? Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to cover a little bit more here tonight. And another thing that praying in the Spirit does, I love this, stimulates faith. Everybody say, stimulates faith. Now, let me make it clear. Praying in the Holy Spirit will not give us faith. We don't get faith by praying in the Holy Spirit, but it will stimulate it. It will cause what we have on the inside of us to be activated. How do we get faith? Well, we know Romans 10, verse 17. This is how we get faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes just right now. How many of you, your faith is increasing that, hey, I'm going to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to seek His face. What is that? Faith is rising in your heart based on the Word of God that you're hearing tonight. And faith also comes when you hear yourself speak the Word of God. That's how faith comes. But we know that every one of us as believers have been given a measure of faith. We have to develop it and we can increase it. But we are also told that we can build up our faith. You know how? Let's look over at Jude. There's one chapter in the book of Jude. I'm glad you asked. This is how praying in the Spirit stimulates your faith. Listen to this verse, Jude 20. In the Amplified, it says this. But you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at this verse and we settled in on the fact that praying in the Spirit helps us to make progress. How many of you want to make progress? It helps us to rise, to go higher. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, there's a lifting that comes. Don't you, aren't you glad that He lifts us up? He doesn't push us down. So that's important to know and to realize. But the phrase I want you to see tonight is build yourself up. On your most holy faith. How? 
How? I'm not making this up. Build yourself up. How? How? So what is this telling us? That when we pray in the Holy Spirit, we build our inner man up. We stimulate our faith. The word stimulate there literally means this. To invigorate, to Activate. You want your faith to be active and working. We don't want our faith to lie dormant. Anybody in here wants your faith to lie dormant and not be causing anything to happen in your life? No, we want to build ourselves up. We want to stir ourselves up. We want to activate our faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Many of you in here, you've got things on the inside of you. God's put some dreams in you. You have a vision for your life. You have a vision of being completely healed and whole. You have a vision of being out of debt. You got a vision of getting a better job. Your family all born again. Whatever it is. You got things on the inside of you. Everybody got some things on the inside of you that have been put in there. Desires that God's placed in there in line with His Word. Well, you know what? Those are all like ingredients. They're down there. In your spirit. But praying in the Holy Ghost stirs them up. Stirs them up. It's like making awesome chocolate chip cookies, which I did this week. (laughs) In my spare time, I made cookies with Olivia. You throw all those ingredients in the pan. And she's grabbing handfuls of, of, oh, she loves brown sugar now, handfuls of brown sugar, handfuls of the chocolate chips, and just eating them. And I'm like, no, 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 wait, 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 we, we measured that already. We got to get all the right amount of ingredients in here, and then we got to stir it up. Grammy, when are the cookies going to be done? After we stir up the batter. Some of you got some ingredients. They're down there in your heart. God's been speaking to you maybe for years. You've got some things, callings, our calling. He's saying, I want you to do this. I want you to go there. And they're laying right there in your spirit. As you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, stirring up yourself, stirring those things up on your most holy faith. And once it gets all stirred up, Glory to God comes out in the finished product. Amen. Praying in the Holy Spirit stimulates our faith. And you know it takes faith to pray in the Spirit. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit yet tonight, some people say, well, I I just can't do that. You have to step out by faith and speak in other tongues. He gives us the utterance, but we have to yield. It takes faith to receive the Holy Spirit. Now, in closing, I want to share this with you that Brother Hagin shared this in his book, Tongues Beyond the Upper Room. It's an amazing book, awesome book. And I had never heard him share some of these things. And he said through the years, as he would pray for people to be healed and to be filled with the Spirit, he noticed this. Particularly, the Lord brought it to his attention. This one lady, he'd prayed for her numerous times. She had like cancer of the stomach. And uh, she had not received her healing. He didn't know she wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. So one night, he gave an altar call for, her to, for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. She didn't come up in the healing line. She came up to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost fell 
upon her. She was slain in the spirit. She laid on the floor for a long time, spoke in tongues, got up, and was not only filled with the spirit, but all the cancer in her body was gone. And the Spirit of God brought this to his attention. He said, I want you to pay attention to this. He said this to him. Speaking in tongues stimulates a person's faith. And believing God in one area helps a person believe God in another area. It stirs up faith that may be lying dormant and it helps them receive what they were unable to receive before. This is a quote out of his book. Isn't that amazing? That people that were believing God for something else didn't even come up for that. But when they exercised their faith and they yielded to the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues, then their other need was taken care of. Why? Because their faith was activated. They activated their faith to speak in tongues and through that action of that faith being stirred up in one area, they were also healed. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it, pray, it pays to pray. Got a question for you. Anybody in here believe in God for something? Anybody in here got some things stirring around on the inside of you? You might need healing. You might need a, a financial breakthrough. You might need restoration. How about we can all believe for revival in our land, revival in our state. These things are awesome. Many of you, I know, you have been believing God. You've been praying. You've been making your confessions. But I want to encourage you tonight to spend more time praying in the Holy Spirit. Watering the seed, stirring up what's already been placed on the inside of you. Amen. Let's all stand. I've been going long enough. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the precious gift. Oh, it's precious. Precious gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the honor and the privilege to be filled with the Holy Ghost. To speak in other tongues. Hallelujah. To pray out divine mysteries. Oh, hidden things to be become fruitful to our understanding. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. Oh, let's all lift our hands right now. Grishta manandra mo subrekedeta lebra subrebek.